This is My Playbook. I'm Simon Mundy, and in this podcast, created by Greenhouse Sports, we'll be hearing from a host of inspiring people about who and what inspired, supported, and encouraged them during difficult moments. We'll find out what they've learned along the way, as well as what they want to share and pass on. Greenhouse Sports is the charity that uses sport to help disadvantage young people and communities. Their core belief is that every child deserves opportunities and a fair chance to get on in life. And through Greenhouse's coaches and partners, they look to make that a reality. The work they do is about encouraging young people through sport and teaching them the life skills they need. 2022 is Greenhouse's 20th anniversary. And over the last 20 years, the charity has helped more than 50,000 children in London, but there are a further 4 million children across the UK right now that they would like to help. And if you'd like to find out more about their work and how you could help support another generation of young people, please head to greenhousesports.org to find out more. In the meantime, to this episode, in which I speak to Greenhouse Sports Ambassador Amma Agbezi. Amma is the former England netball captain and led the team to the greatest triumph in its history when England beat Australia to win the 2018 Commonwealth Games. In 2019, after struggling with injury, Amma was left out of the England squad and she's been open about the impact that had on her mental health. People say you're a role model, so actually make sure that they know that it's not as smooth sailing as, oh my gosh, I'm incredible, I train and then I win this medal and life is hunky-dory. There are definitely tough times. Amma is also a qualified lawyer and is just a warm, caring and funny person. And it really was a pleasure speaking to her. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, I'm Amma Boise, former England netball captain, won gold at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, Greenhouse Sports Ambassador and current board member of the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games Organising Committee. Right, I'm going to start with a bit of a curveball straight from the off. How would you describe your personality? Wow. I think to people I know or people in my circle, loud, bubbly, can be outspoken, but actually I'm an introvert. I'm really shy. I'm happy to keep myself to myself. You are tremendously empathetic too. When you captained England... I've heard you talk about how you wanted everyone to really feel valued. Yeah, definitely. I think I just understand that a team or a group of people is made up of individuals. And if you want a good performance from people, understand those people, value them, nurture what it is to be them. But it wasn't just a means to an end, though, to win, though. I get the sense that that sort of empathetic side is true to who you are. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think a lot of people do things to tick boxes. I think in this day and age, we're very good at saying, oh, we need to do that. But it's only because we want to look good. But I guess believed in understanding individuals and helping them to get to where they wanted to be. And so obviously we had a collective aim that we wanted to achieve. But actually, those people are still people. And whether they're there at the end of us achieving or not achieving what it was we wanted to do, I hope that they are nurtured in their own personal lives to do what it is that they want to do or go forward in whatever things they end up doing, irrespective of the team and the team's end goal. I think the biggest thing is you don't know what people are going through. And so in that moment, if you even just speak to people, I think we're very used as Brits to 
not speaking to people. And I always find people are sort of like a bit apprehensive about why are you are you engaging with me? But actually, I think it has such a massive impact. Like if people say, oh my gosh, I like your hair. Oh my gosh, they like my hair. They're acknowledging me. And I get a little buzz out of it. And so actually, I think rather than just thinking things, just be open to saying things. And you don't know how that's going to impact upon someone's day or even their life. I think I've started understanding probably just before I became the England captain, the implications of being a human in the world and also interacting with other people and how what I do or what the individual can do can impact other people from a learning and understanding of myself, which then led on to how I can impact those people around me. Do you tell this tip with the people you come across in in Greenhouse? Maybe with the staff or the coaches, but I think with the young people, a lot of them are in difficult places in their lives. And I don't think you should try and put the responsibility of others on top of what they're already going through. But sport is such a great leveller. You can be the richest person in the world. And actually, when you get on the sports field, it's completely irrelevant. I think that's probably the biggest thing to try and impart on people who access greenhouse services. And the biggest thing for me, I think, is the confidence. Because in this day and age, we compare ourselves all the time. The young people who access greenhouse facilities will be looking at other people saying, well, they've got this and they've got that. And not really understanding that actually a lot of the skills that they need, they actually have and they just need to be developed. And so I think greenhouse ties in with everything that I believe in, in terms of giving everybody a step up in life to get to where they want to be. We are talking, amongst other things, about mentors in this series. So let's discuss a couple of yours. We should probably start with your family because an interesting fact about you, you're also a qualified lawyer. And part of that came down to the fact that your your parents put a certain emphasis on academia. Yeah, so my parents are from Nigeria and came to the UK many moons ago and they wanted opportunity. So they worked hard and I think they wanted to give their family an opportunity. And so they saw that through academia. So ensuring you got a good education so you could then go and get a good job. And so they were constantly encouraging us to study, study, study. Sport was just a hobby that you did on the side. And so, yeah, I'm a qualified lawyer now and I've practiced in the UK, Australia and New Zealand. Work hard. I think that's probably the biggest thing around what my parents sort of instilled. Does the phrase, are you going to get a proper job now, mean much to you? constantly so I finished my degree I did a master's in finance and thought I'd go and work in it 2008 graduated um, from the master's and the global financial crisis happened so it wasn't a field to go into Um, and then I got an opportunity to go and play professional netball in Australia I went and did that and then thought I'll just do a year and then I played in Perth and then the following year I played in Melbourne and then the following year I went to New Zealand and played in Wellington and then I went back to Perth and so it just sort of flowed on that I was doing netball. As I've gone along with my professional netball, my side hustle has been law. My mum would continuously ask me when I was going to settle down and get a proper job. And actually, this year, she said to me, I've realised that you're not really a type of person who settles down. So I'm like, (laughs) finally, how many years has it taken? But I guess one day I might have to settle down, but still looking for the proper job. And interesting that potentially 
but for the global crash, England might not have won Commonwealth gold of the netballs. <laughs> I've never seen it that way. That's an interesting I'm glad take. that you're trying to pin it all onto me. It, it was a team thing. <laughs> right, let's move on then from your parents. So why don't we start back at primary school with Mrs Watkins? Yeah, so Mrs Watkins was my school teacher at primary school. She did um, she did sport, but obviously also taught a form because in those days there was no specific sports teacher. Um, so she definitely was a catalyst in terms of helping me get into netball and help to steer me in the right direction. Miss Bexton? I'm Miss Bexton. So Miss Bexton was at my secondary school and she was the sports teacher, Judith Bexton. And my sister was at the same school. And I feel like my sister and Miss Bexton didn't really get on. But we did. And I think it just shows that if you don't like my partner, you decide that you don't like me when actually you might like me. So actually give me a go. But she was definitely influential in my sporting development and my netball career. And I think at school, you either like PE or you don't like PE. And Mm. I would hope that eventually the rhetoric would change because we need sport for life. We need to move from the time when we're born to the time that we die. And so I hope that people start to see sport as not just, I don't like PE, I'm not very good at it. They change that mindset to actually, it's just something to learn how to keep active. That set you up nicely for your long and at times somewhat up and downy (laughs) England career. So you made your debut back in 2001. Am I right in saying that right from that early time, you did believe that England could reach the top of the pile but not everyone else shared that belief I think I guess I had a belief in myself and so didn't necessarily appreciate that other people had different ideas or understandings or belief and so I think at the under 21 so the World Youth Cup we came forth and afterwards I realized that some people actually didn't think we were going to come anywhere but outside of the medals and that was a massive slap in the face to me basically that people would go into something not really believing that they could achieve um so I think that definitely played out when I became the captain in terms of trying to instill this belief and understanding that if there's a few people in the team who don't think you're going to do it then you won't do it because you're relying on everybody and everybody plays their part whether it's the people on court off court you need everyone on board This belief then of what is possible or indeed more of a limiting belief sometimes of what isn't possible, which people are more familiar with. What message do you have then around some of the kids that come through the Greenhouse Sports programme? I 100% do believe that anything is possible. The problem is our minds. So you can either have it channeled in the path of I'm going to do this at all costs or There's little voices that creep in that say, who are you kidding? What are you doing? Get back in your lane. With Greenhouse, I think it's trying to get those young people to understand because they will have constantly faced adversity in their life. They feel like they're constantly set up to fail. All the evidence is pointed to them not being able to do anything that they even vaguely think that they can do. But I think also that's another thing that if you're surrounded by people who aren't doing anything or you don't see the options of what to do, you don't know what's out there. And so I think Greenhouse helps not only to instill the skills, but to help people understand that there is opportunities in life and what exactly those opportunities might be. I think it's just a great way to instill confidence in young people that irrespective of what they want to do, they can 
put their minds to it and they can achieve just instilling confidence that you can be in the business world and use and channel what you've learned through sport into that. So I think that's what Greenhouse does for its young people. Coming back to that sort of belief element. So 2018, first of all, we've got to explain. So the Commonwealth Games to netball, I mean, it's like the Olympics, right? The Commonwealth Games is the only multi-sport event that netball is in. It's essentially the World Cup or equivalent of the Olympics. And you had the captain's uh, armband. Now, up until that point, Australia and New Zealand, I believe, had been in every single Commonwealth final. It was the first time that anyone but one of those two countries had, had made it through. So we're in the semi-final, six goals down to Jamaica. I can feel... Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think I've got the energy for this. <laughs> so it's not something you would have chosen. You wouldn't have started the game and go, right, here's the plan. Let's get eight, six behind. However, it ended up being a blessing, didn't it? Because you trailed in the final as well. Exactly. So lessons learned and experience and maybe the development that you have building back up. The same happens in life. So you might apply for a job. You don't get selected. You get feedback and understand why. And then that stands you in better stead next time you go for a job or in something different. And so I do think that being down in the semi-final definitely helped us. I think with that belief, again, sometimes if you haven't been through something, you don't necessarily understand that it's possible. To come back from six down and actually make the final, I think I've got goosebumps. Um, uh-huh. I think it was just, I can't speak. I'm just like, I'm stretched from the <laughs> I'm going through, like, oh my gosh, we're six down. But yeah, I think it helped us moving forward to the following day for the final. It certainly did because you were trailing again in the final against Australia and yet you come through 52-51 in the most dramatic fashion possible. After the nearly two decades at that point of your career to actually scale the mountain, just that moment where it was like, oh my Lord, we've won and I'm captain. Just quickly, can you bring that back? It still hasn't fully sunk in at the time. Just disbelief, I think, is so. I didn't even think about me being the captain. I just thought, I actually can't believe it. Yeah, I feel like my blood is rushing out of my body right now. But <laughs> just the at the time, I think at the time, you're just so in the moment celebrating the fact that you won the game. So it's, I think, it's taken time to understand that oh my gosh, we won the game, which meant that we won the Commonwealth Games. Obviously, it's not as simple as saying we're going to win and then we win. Um, It took a long time and a lot of people and people who'd played and retired and didn't get to achieve it, but they probably deservedly did with the amount of effort and work that they put in. And so, yeah, it still, it still surprises me that we won. I don't don't know what to say. I'm still in shock. Looking back then, what was more important? Was it winning gold or was it the connections you made, the lessons you learned, the experiences you had? I think what winning gold does is validate it for people externally. There'll be athletes in all sports who have gone through their careers and never won a gold, silver or bronze medal. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't exist or their journey was invalid. They've still gone through what they've gone through. They've still learned what they have experienced, met people. And so the journey is probably more important, I think, than the medal. The medal just is that little star at the top of the Christmas tree. 
So you've won gold. You're the captain. Netball's had this huge shot in the arm in this country. But then obviously the next year, a bit of a hammer blow for you. Is an understatement, actually. Let's let's be <laughs> let's be honest. It's like how so, big is the hammer? <laughs> <laughs> so you'd been struggling with injury. You were not selected for the World Cup. Um, it was clear that you didn't agree. You know, it's a subjective thing. And then you decided to commentate on the tournament, or you <laughs> sort of tortured yourself through it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't agree. I should have been there playing, and it was torture. I think going through and commentating the team and just wanted to be part of it and I think I'm still recovering like right now the circumstances that happened meant that I wasn't involved very much um and I think that's probably what wounded me the most I definitely struggled with that and I think I'm still picking up the pieces pulling my life back in order from there and it's been three years I guess these are the highs and lows of sport I've read that you gave an interview a journalist sort of asked you how you were and you, you've spoken about being on the one hand quite shy along with obviously being outspoken and also somewhat private and you just found yourself opening up and talking about <laughs> the difficulties that you were having. Is that true that you sort of surprised yourself in, in opening up? I remember that interview, a greenhouse interview and I was going through a tough time then. I finished the interview, was really surprised that I'd shared what I had and then I feel like the emphasis shifted from Greenhouse and the amazing work that they do and was more on me I was stressed for ages that I'd sort of wasted an opportunity to promote the charity I get the sense that a bit of guilt or beating yourself up can be a bit of a thing for you I feel a responsibility I guess part of the athlete in me in terms of I sometimes have a singular focus and I think this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it so then I'll obviously constantly assess and establish if I've achieved the outcomes that I wanted to. And if I haven't, then it's kind of asking why. Sometimes there's external factors. So I can say, well, this happened and that happened. I can't control those. So I just have to get over them or learn to get over them. But if it's me, I'm <laughs> I'm in control of me. So I'm letting myself down if I haven't achieved what I wanted to. And it's because of me. So essentially that is guilt. But at the end of the day, that interview was a powerful one. Um, I think it's with being in the position that I am, people say you're a role model. So actually make sure that they know that it's not as smooth sailing as, oh my gosh, I'm incredible, I train, and then I win this medal and life is hunky-dory. There are definitely tough times. That being, let's say, vulnerable or open, sharing things that perhaps you would be more naturally inclined to keep under wraps, you know, could well have amplified the the greenhouse message. Just sticking with that theme a little bit, how's your mental health now? How are you feeling now? Um, I'm working on it. I guess it's a little bit like my husband always says, how do you eat an elephant? And it's bit by bit. But when you look at the elephant, you're almost like, I'm intimidated by this. I don't know where to start. I know I need to take a small piece, but actually I can't even get close to the elephant to figure out where that piece is going to be. And so I think it is just constantly trying to make sure that people around you are supportive. Let's talk about some of the lessons that you're able to share. You've reached the very top of your sport, so certainly learned a lot along the way. There's no question about that. Why don't we start with, 
hard work versus talent? Academically, I was reasonably bright naturally. And so I sort of coaxed it along in terms of I'd do the work and it would be relatively easy to me. Um, and so I think it was only towards of the end of academia that I started realising, actually, I need to study. And I hadn't necessarily learned the skills earlier. And so that actually, I think, was detrimental because I think the skills you learn when you're younger help you in the rest of life. And I think equally in sport, I was tall, athletic, physically gifted. And so I was really good compared to my peers. And so I didn't necessarily put in the work with training. It was only later in my sporting life that I realised, oh my gosh, if I actually train, I can actually be decent. I think, again, I missed out. And if I could go back, that would be one thing that I would tell my younger self. If you actually work hard and put in the work, you can reap rewards later on. In my netball journey, there's been netballers who weren't the most gifted. They weren't tall, the tallest. They had to struggle to get to where they were and they had to put in extra effort compared to other people. And they still made it to international netball and performed well. And that was because they put in the work. And if they hadn't put in that work, they wouldn't have made it because someone would have said, you're not tall enough, you're this and you're that. And actually they just trained really hard. I think it's just testament to tell young people that touch in with Greenhouse that it might appear that people just naturally have these amazing powers or instinctively know how to be a leader or run a company. But actually you can equally just work hard and learn and develop and understand and get there as well. What about some of the other key lessons? If you had to handpick just a, a couple that you think are of value? Well, I think one of the lessons for me is time management. I used to always be late in everything outside of sport. I'm still always late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at one stage when I was doing my degree, I lived in Birmingham, went to uni in Leicester, trained for netball in Loughborough, and I think played county in Derbyshire. I feel like I lived in my car was always tired, barely had time for study. And it was about what I prioritised when and sort of, I guess not just time management, but focusing and being present in the moment. I might have had an assignment that was due in a couple of days, but I knew I couldn't miss netball training. And so not just going to netball training and thinking, okay, what am I going to do for my assignment? And this and that and the other, just try going to netball training and sort of trying to switch off my mind to everything outside of being in that session and what I could learn and how it could develop. And then as soon as that session finishes, now I can open up and understand what things I need to do, what responsibilities I have to my family, how I'm going to get from A to B to the next thing. And so managing time was definitely something that I had to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have coped with all the demands that I had on my time. But then also that ability to focus. I could be physically present somewhere, but actually mentally be in a lot of other places. I think I learned the ability to make sure I was physically and mentally present when I needed to be. Great advice. Right. You've been working alongside Greenhouse Sports for a while. Are there any particular stories or people that you've met or you know, young participants who've really impacted you? I definitely am of the opinion that experiences that you have through your life, you draw from. There's actually a coach at Greenhouse and I've met her a few times now, actually. And I think also just watching how she interacts with the young people and how she's just got such a good aura about her. She's got a great rapport. 
they almost see her like an older sister. It definitely warms my heart every time I go into the centre and she's there. I just think you are the reason why I'm involved in this and why these children are going to have opportunities moving forward in their lives. And then also, I think, speaking to the young people. So anytime I interact, whether it's at the centre or in a school, listening to their stories or understanding or how they've related to their greenhouse coach and what the coach has brought them. I think a lot of the young people who access greenhouse, the coaches in their schools, initially they just think, I don't like table tennis or I don't like volleyball. And then seeing the journey. So you're not really going for volleyball. There are some people who are going to be great at volleyball and they want to do that, but you're going to learn how to interact with people, trying to get an understanding of how people work, the work ethic, understanding the organisation, knowing that you have to be good in classes and you have to do your work in order to get these rewards. The understanding of the young people, and I think some adults don't necessarily understand how skills interrelate and how they can move from sport to other areas of life. And these young people understand that after a few months of being in the programme. So for me, seeing that is great. And then I think I remember the last time I was at the centre. So there's some people who are further on in the programme. So they play table tennis downstairs. And then there's the people who are just in the programme who play upstairs. If it was me, I'd be playing on the roof. That's how poor I am. (laughs) That's Um, not true. I've seen you play. You're good. I've seen you play. You're good. I think it's actually from being at Greenhouse that I've actually, I got a love of table tennis, but I can hit the ball from one side to the other in a semi-rally. But I think playing against these young people and one young guy, he thrashed me. I am really competitive. So I was almost like, you shouldn't be beating me. I need to be better at this. But actually he kind of did gloat for a while and we laughed about it. But then he was helping me and was teaching me saying, oh, you just need to do this. And actually you're body weight needs to shift and actually see how you're holding the bat. And I think he was about 12. And so this young 12 year old who um, I then actually spoke um, afterwards to one of the coaches about him and where he'd come from. And he was really shy, really quiet, wasn't sporty, didn't always attend school. And he'd gone from being in that position to teaching me how to play and was confident and things. And so I think that just shows the power of sport and what Greenhouse are doing. I think Greenhouse do like corporate days where young people sort of educate people in business around how to play in the competitions. And I myself, I'm quite shy. So I don't necessarily want to talk to people who are big people in business. And there's these young children who don't think any of it, they're confident. And actually being in that position and talking about their sport or table tennis and teaching and engaging means that they'll then be confident if they go to an interview or they go into business they almost feel like we've interacted with these type of people before and actually it was fine. So I'm just going to be me. I've got the skills. So every single interaction that I have, even when I walk in and I talk to the people on reception, it fills my heart with love and jubilation. So yeah, I just, I can't explain how much I get out of being involved. That does speak volume. So I think that's a really, really lovely story. Right, Amber, let's finish then with you giving us some uh, sneak previews into what's going on behind the scenes at the Commonwealths. Uh, anything that you know is not in the public domain that you want to share with us? <laughs> <laughs> not falling into that trap. Um, no, the games are fast approaching. There's been a lot of work in the background and I'm really excited. I think it's the first time that I've been on this side of the fence in terms of the games. 
I'm disappointed to not be playing in my hometown, but this is, I guess, the next best thing. But I just would love the games to galvanise the nation. And I know how previous games inspire young people. And there'll be people at these games who say, I was inspired by those games before. So I'd love that to happen at these games. I'd love for young people to see opportunities, not just in doing elite sport, but in and around sport. Also, I think just doing physical activity to try different sports that they see. I hope that people, even if you don't like sport, will get involved in amongst the sport. And after the sport has gone or after the athletes have gone, it leaves a legacy of people wanting to try sport and understanding the power that sport has. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your story, your wisdom, your lessons, uh, for being open. It's, It's just been a real pleasure. So really appreciate your time and Greenhouse Sports are lucky to have you. (laughs) thanks very much I'm lucky to have Greenhouse as well everyone thinks that the mentee is the person who benefits but actually as a mentor you get so much back as well so it's a a give and take relationship thank you for listening to this episode of My Playbook with Amma Agbezi as I mentioned at the start 2022 is Greenhouse Sports 20th anniversary Please do check out the incredible work they do by visiting greenhousesports.org. And if you'd like to get involved and help, please do get in touch. All the details are on their website. And please do share, rate and review this episode wherever you can. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.